Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line, Rusty Gaylord. Rusty is an entrepreneur, speaker, trainer, and a life coach. He is a former worldwide director at Apple after 13 years of leadership and author of Breaking the Code, Stop Looking for Answers, and Start Enjoying Life. Rusty chose to do what most people are afraid of. He changed directions in his career and followed his inner tech to live a life full of purpose rather than what others have expected of him. On this episode, he's going to share his journey of self-discovery and his secrets to living a life of fulfillment and talk about how to set realistic goals that are larger than your dreams to live a life of fulfillment, ease, and purpose. So it's going to be a lot of fun today. Rusty, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Oh, Jeff, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So I want to hear about this background that you have, right? Sounds like you've been in the Valley for a while. You worked for you know, a company that everyone knows and everyone has in their pocket. Can you please give us a little bit of a background of who you are and what makes you so awesome? Yeah, I would describe the first 25 years of my life as the typical corporate high achiever. <laughs> I was just, I wanted to do everything that I could. I came out to Silicon Valley in 99. I came out for business school. I went to Stanford. And a couple of years later, I joined Apple in 2005. And I was there for 13 years through the launch of the iPhone, the iPad, the watch, all the products that everybody knows about today. There were a couple of things that happened along that journey that really had an impact on me. One of them was uh, when I was recently promoted to the director of finance. So it was a worldwide role and I was responsible for the global sales forecast for Apple products. So big responsibility. At that point, my son was about two years old. And when I was a kid, I remember my dad was very successful in business. So in some ways I was following in his footsteps, but he was home for dinner all the time and he was present in my life, but I still wanted more time with him. I wanted more of his energy and attention. And when I was a kid, I decided when I'm a parent, I'm going to show up more actively in my kids' lives. So here it is. My son is two years old. I'm in this big job running this global forecast process for Apple. And I felt like I had to make a choice. If I look at where I was at that point, I did not have the skills to navigate that kind of situation. And so I chose to hire myself for a position that was open on my team. So here I'm in this role, I hire myself for the lower level position, basically demoting myself and asking my boss to backfill me. Now, I will tell you, I did not do that well. I did not do it gracefully. It was a bumpy and challenging process, but I did it. And personally, 
that was a really successful move because I was in a job that I could do easily and I could be home and present with my son and my family. Professionally, I put myself in a dead end job. It was like shooting myself in the foot. My whole career at that point had been about climbing the ladder and progressing and doing more. And all of a sudden I took a step backwards on the ladder. I ended up in that job for the rest of my time at Apple. And Jeff, I see you popping back in here. So if you want to ask something, you can go ahead and jump in. No, well, first of all, the, you know, kudos for you uh, to you for stepping up and being, you know, being the dad, right? Because recognizing that, and I'm not going to go into my personal history here, you know, but recognizing that is really is really big, not only on your life, but, you know, on your, on your family's life as well. So, you know, uh, hats off to you for that. The second part I wanted to, I wanted to sort of chime in on was when you demoted yourself to make your job easier, like what was the end goal? Because I assume you took a little bit lower pay, but at that level, it's like, oh, like your pay goes down 15%. Like that's not going to make a material, you know, effect on your finances. But I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what was the goal there, and what was it just so you would have more time with your family and you wouldn't have to be jet setting all over the place? Like, yeah. So, uh, like, what was that? Yeah. To be honest with you, I would say I didn't think it out very well. Uh, but the goal was really about prioritizing my personal life over my career. But what I didn't realize is I'm still an ambitious person. I still have a desire to make an impact and to do things that are meaningful. And so that's that was, I would say, the hardest part of this. I didn't want to be in a job that I just showed up in every day and got through the day and waited till the end of the day so I could go home and, and enjoy the rest of my life. You know, work takes up a huge chunk of your life. And I didn't want to just wait it out. And that's what became this dissatisfaction, this place that I, I actually wasn't happy in anymore. Because it got to this point where work felt to me a little bit more like show up, do what you need to do and wait till you can go back and enjoy the rest of your life. And I'm not willing to waste that much of my time and energy to do something that's not meaningful to me. Now, I will tell you, it took me years to figure out what else I could do. Because in my head, the assumption was always work that is meaningful and fulfilling and important and adding value is going to require a personal sacrifice. And as long as I believed that, then I was back to this same decision point that I was before, which led me to take the lower level job. And so I never made a change. I just sat there kind of wondering, is this it? Is this what success looks like? Is this what the rest of my life looks like? So I ended up stuck in that place for a lot of years until one day my life, like that perspective changed in 20 minutes, which, you know, maybe you would say sounds kind of crazy, but it really was in 20 minutes. And it was... Somebody asking me to set down all the reasons why it can't happen the way I want it to happen. So don't worry about if I didn't worry about how much money I'm going to make or what would my family or my friends think about my decision or whether I would actually be successful or not or whether I know the right people. You know, all of these reasons that I had in my head why I couldn't actually go do something I wanted to do. And when she helped get me to this place where I could put all of those reasons aside and just think about what would I actually want to be doing? How would I want to invest my time and energy? The answer came to me pretty quickly. It was to have real conversations with people about life, 
about trade-offs, about decisions, about what matters to you and how you're investing your time and energy. And that's what led me down this path three years ago to walk away from Apple after 13 years and become a coach. So I'm curious if that is a conversation that happens a lot in the Valley or in the startup world or in these corporate environments where you have uh, very high expectations and high responsibility. How does that play out for others that you have, uh, uh, that you have uh, worked with as well? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a common conversation at all, but there's a lot of appetite for that conversation. Uh, you know, it's like you, you fall into this environment where, you know, you can describe it as a rat race, but it's, it's intense, right? Everybody's wants to be successful. Everybody wants to leave their mark and everybody wants to climb the ladder and have more impact. And so there's this huge desire. But I think at the core, a lot of people recognize, you know, that's not all that life is about. And I want to have a good life too. But, it, you know, we, it's almost like we've been trained, we've been coded or programmed to believe that the way to success is this path. And if you keep following that path, you're going to keep getting the same results and you're going to keep questioning much like I did. Now, there's got to be a different way to do this, but you're not going to find it because you just keep going back to your default. You know, what was interesting for me is uh, I remember my brothers once telling me that my personal identity was so closely connected to my corporate identity that every time I would get fired, laid off, quit, what, what have you, like this whole big chunk of my life would be missing. And it really started to affect me because I was thinking about it like, okay, I was working for, you know, this uh, company that had like 50 employees and I was, you know, top dog over there. And then I go to this other company that's maybe a little bit bigger, but it, you know, but it was harder for me to make my mark and it would affect my, my performance because I all of a sudden felt that maybe I wasn't contributing as much or I wasn't being a player. Whereas in a smaller environment, I was able to make more of an impact. And I think one of those, uh, you know, that conversation and this, this actually happened before I went out on my own, right? Cause you know, I had been fired so many times. I just got numb to it. You know, it's just, you know, fired, laid off, you know, what have you. And it would just be like, I am done putting my eggs in someone else's basket. Right. And you know, at that point it just made me certified unemployable at this point. Right. Yeah. So first of all, I, I want to say I, I totally relate to what you're saying because when I took that lower level job, when I demoted myself, I no longer wanted to talk about what I did about my work with anybody else because I was ashamed about it. I was like, up until that point, I'd been climbing the ladder. I'd been successful. I'd been, you know, had this external picture of success. But at that point, I didn't feel it internally. I was like, oh, you know, I just, I've now taken a step down. I'm in this job that I can do and it's a great company, but I'm not really challenged by, there's no growth opportunity. So I got to the point where I was ashamed about talking about it. You also talked about being an A player. And, you know, I think one of the challenges for a lot of A players is what I call is the A trap. You end up in this trap because you're falling back on your old way of doing things. Like A players are A students or, you know, top of the heap kind of people, they have very similar characteristics, right? You work hard, you're smart, you cover all the bases, you do what's expected of you. And when you get into a stressful situation for any of us, what do we do? We fall back on our strengths. So you put an A player, you put one of these A students into a stressful situation, which a lot of Silicon Valley is, a lot of our jobs are. And what do you do? You fall back on your strengths. Well, your strengths are buckle down, work hard, get the job done, right? For a lot of us, that's how we were successful in life. And as long as you keep repeating that cycle, nothing ever changes. You're just always in that same spot. And that's why I describe it as a trap. 
You know, what's interesting is that when you bounce around to these different, you know, either these different mega companies or different startups, you end up doing the same thing. Like if I was the finance guy in startup A, bounce over to, to startup B because it has, I don't know, a different VC hanging uh, attached to it. You end up doing the same things and you end up, you know, like not learning these new skills. You know, maybe, it, you know, it's a different scope. Maybe it's a different audience. But, you know, you end up doing a lot of these same things and, you, and your attitude starts to reflect that as well. And it's not only a valley problem, by the way. You know, it's like um, for people that, uh, you know, that move around. So my big thing was that I used to work in, um, you know, be a pre-sales engineer. That was ultimately my identity, right? So whether I was a pre-sales engineer for company A, company B, company C, D, ENF, right? It was basically the same thing. Just, all right, you know, read the manual and, you know, now I can sell it to other people. And it got boring. It really got boring, you know, and I was like, okay, how do I really get out of this? And when I found myself getting stagnant, that's where I was like, all right, you know something, I got to do something radical. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, like similar to you, it's like, well, I quit, you know, I go move to another country and, you know, go find another path, you know, how that's going to work for you. I want to switch gears here for a minute because I want to talk a little bit about how setting these goals for yourself can flip the script, you know, can change the process of, of how you're going to, you know, set this up because we're not only talking about, you know, demotions or promotions or more money or less money or stock options. And believe me, stock, Mm -hmm. I've been offered stock options so many times and I never got to cash them in. So I'm like, I'm totally numb to that one. Right. But some, uh, you really got to set some solid goals that are not tied to the vision of the CEO who you happen to be working for, right? Let's talk a little bit about that. How does that work in your world? Like, how do you teach people how to set realistic goals that really, you know, that really make that life-changing effort and really make you happier? Yeah. Well, so I think the first part about that is what you were saying earlier, which is you tend to go back into the same environments and repeat the same thing over and over again. It's what I described as the A-trap. And it's one of the premises that I write about in my book, Breaking the Code as if you've been programmed or somebody sat down and wrote the code for how you work. You have to break through that way of thinking. And that's how you set different kinds of goals that are actually meaningful to you. I gave you the example of how I did that, where somebody helped me say, put down all the assumptions about what you, the way you think the world works, what you have to do, how much money you need to make, how much money you can make, what other people will think. Put all those things down. So in my book, I actually describe a very simple process for doing this. It's called the zone of possibility. And there's three elements to the zone of possibility. Number one is quiet. You cannot do this kind of thinking when you're bombarded, when you're stressed, when you've got messages and text messages and family obligations and all this stuff coming at you. You need to find a place of quiet. So that can look like meditation, but it doesn't have to be. It can be going out for a walk or taking a couple hours in an afternoon to sit by yourself and just have some quiet time where you turn everything else off and allow yourself time to connect with you. That's related to the second element of the zone of possibility, which is heart. You don't think your way to the answer to figuring out what kind of meaningful goals you have in your life what you want to accomplish. And that what you want to accomplish is not just the external things, what they look like, what kind of car you have or what kind of title you have, but it's also the internal experience of what does it feel like to accomplish that. 
And you're going to be guided there, not by trying to analyze it, but by listening to what you want, listening to your gut and your heart. The analogy I make is like going to a restaurant. You don't sit down with the menu and analyze it. You look at the menu and you say, what sounds good to me? That's the kind of question you want to ask. What kind of life sounds good to me? But you have to do it in an unconstrained way. And that brings us to the third element, because in the third element of the zone of possibility is courage. Because let me tell you, when I got the idea to walk away from Apple and go start my own coaching business, that scared me. I mean, 25 years of my life, I've worked in big Who does that? I've worked for someone else. Who does that, right? So it takes some real courage even to listen to the idea and to even consider the idea. So if you find a place where you can get some quiet and you listen to your heart and you have some courage to listen to what it says, those are the zone of possibility and give you the space to come up with the kind of goals that can actually move you forward. You know, I want to latch onto the third part, the courage, because I think that's probably the hardest thing to do, right? Because, you know, anyone can find a quiet space. It's easy enough to turn off your tech, you know, go spend a weekend on the beach if you're close enough. You know, and like really analyze it, you know, just go with a notebook. You know, I think Bill Gates was famous for, you know, he bought some fishing house, you know, way out there with no tech or anything and would just spend a week there and read. Right. Okay, fine. You know, like anyone can do that. Courage. Right. Let's talk about that. How do you know that the direction that you think you're going to go is going to be the one is going to be the right path? That's got to be the scariest part. It is. It is the scariest part. And I think here's the answer. I mean, part of it is, again, back to trusting yourself, that you've got to trust yourself that, hey, if this is an idea that speaks to you, and you know the ideas that speak to you, right? It's not the things that you think you should do where you're trying to rationalize it or convince yourself this is the right decision, but it's the kind of thing that's like, oh yeah, I would like that. That was the feeling that I got when I thought about becoming a coach. Like, man, if I could be as successful as as financially successful as I am in my corporate job, but doing this like as a living and talking to people and having meaningful conversations and helping them, like, yes, I want that. So not you know what you want. So it's being willing to trust and listen to that. But then the second important element of courage is trusting that you will be okay, even if the whole thing blows up. And I'll tell you, that was one of my thoughts that I had. Like, hey, what if I go become a coach and the whole thing falls apart? What if I fall on my face and it's a disaster and it doesn't work out and I'm just a total failure? What am I going to do? Well, the answer that came to me was like, well, I'll figure it out. I can go back to a big company. I've spent a bunch of years there. I'll be able to sort it out. And will I be happy for having had the experience? Absolutely. So if you can have that kind of belief that it's going to work out for you, even if the specific direction you're going in is a complete disaster, you'll be okay. That's a great way to boost your courage to step forward and take some action. You know what? Yeah. You know, what's cool about what you just said is a lot of people make a lot more than a director's salary being a life coach. Right. You know, just going out there, you know, or being a, being a business coach or whatever it is, pick just about any industry that you think that, oh, I can't make money doing that. And, you know, there are definite millionaires who are, you know, millionaires and multimillionaires around that industry when applied correctly. Right. You know, it's like, you know, just here in Florida, you know, like you see all the time, you drive down to the keys to go scuba diving 
right? And, you know, as you start talking to the people who own the businesses and you realize they're just ex-startup guys who cashed out and, you know, bought a, a pier, you know, somewhere in Key Largo. And that's their dream. You know, like they made it happen. Of course, they worked really hard to, you know, to make that happen. They, they, they got their kids grown up, uh, you know, put the college and then they moved on to the next step. Right. And, you know, if that's not even in your time frame, you know, there are definite things that you could be doing today. You know, if your kids are still young, you know, or if the plans for your yourself and your spouse, you know, want to take you into a different city, into a different path, you know, into a different kind of fulfillment. That's some really powerful stuff. And like you said, you know, like your resume is going to back you up, right? It's like, who's not going to hire, you know, someone who worked at Apple for 13 years, right? You know, you have something definite to fall back on, even though you're probably saying to yourself, oh God, please no. Like I'll shoot myself before I go back to, you know, go back to big corporate, right? But it's still the fallback, right? And it's still there. It's that safety net that you have and that you constructed for yourself because that it really is, you know, let's call it what it is. It's a great safety net and you're able to help out more people at, you know, fulfilling your purpose as opposed to just, uh, as opposed to just, you know, cranking out more white papers or selling more tech products or, you know, whatever it is. So that is really cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to follow up with, with what you're doing today with the Silicon Valley dream builders, how you're coaching today, what kind of people you're looking, you've been called to serve and basically how can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about this? Yeah, great. Thank you. So I, I know you have my website there on the screen. I'm also on LinkedIn, so you can get you can find me there, Rusty Gaylord. My last name is G-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. I love connecting with people and and talking about this, you know, I just said this is why I'm in this business, having these conversations about what matters to you. So the people I work with really fall into two, two categories. One category is more career-oriented conversations. So these are people who, like me, maybe worked at a big company. Maybe they want to move up the ladder or they want to change directions entirely or they don't like the company they're in. I work with people in all sorts of looking for different solutions. But the fundamental question is, hmm, I want more than what I'm experiencing right now. I want more happiness, more fulfillment, more success in the terms that matter to you. So that's more of a career-oriented discussion. Uh, So that's one avenue. Then the second avenue, I, I love working with business owners. These are small business owners who have, you know, 10 to 50 employees and people who want to get to the next level of success, but figuring out what does that look like? What is the next level of success? And that can be about growing your business. It can be about growing your business, but spending less time. It can be upgrading your staff. So there's all sorts of different ways that that can look as well, but that's much more in the professional, focused on your professional success and helping you to be as a business owner to grow and be more successful. So those are the two types of people I work with, the career work and the business owners. And I love to, you know, whether you fall in one of those categories or there was something else that resonated with you about this conversation, I'd love to hear about it. So please drop me a note and let me know. I love it. Rusty, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. This has been a great conversation. I love nerding out on this stuff. I love being able to just toss it back and forth and really, you know, bring to light, you know, these interesting stories of how you you know, of how people can, you know, really transform their lives from whatever level they're at, you know, even from, you know, the worst accident, you know, and then grow from there or even, you know, starting from the top and then launching even further up. Mm-hmm. So 
This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jeff. It was great. Fun to be here. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.